We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Raptors 115-103, their final in-season tournament game of the year. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Subscribe, review, share, whatever you can do. But getting into this game, as I mentioned, final in-season tournament game for the Nets. They do not qualify for the next round. Finishing 3-1, and one, tiebreaker goes to the Boston in the group because of point differential. Same thing for the wild card spot. New York Knicks land that with point differential as well. So again, it was a fun you know, first year for it. The Nets performed pretty well and had a realistic shot at advancing to the next round. You know, maybe next year and maybe things just kind of fall their way. You know, it didn't help that Chicago's playing some of the worst basketball of their season right now and getting they got absolutely cooked by the Celtics tonight. But again, getting back to the regular season where the focus is now on the playoffs and not getting in the the playing tournament and landing yourself one of those top six seeds and getting to tonight's performance. You know, the Nets weren't great. You know, it wasn't necessarily a pretty win. They did enough to get things done. And essentially, you know, they were just the better offensive team. They were able to generate more points and shoot a better percentage from the field. And I think that was pretty substantial because the Raptors ended up with 12 more shooting possessions. You know, you look at the field goal attempts in this game, 39 out of 101 for the Raptors at 38%. The Nets hand. 40 of 89 at 44.9%. So definitely played a pretty big factor given the Raptors won the turnover battle, grabbed a couple more offensive boards. You know, Nets did get to the free throw line a little bit more, but again, it just wasn't a great game. It felt like there was opportunities for the Nets to pull away and create a 15-point lead and really give themselves a cushion, but they really allowed the Raptors to hang around until late in this game where they just kind of went on a little spurt and you know, carried to the win. And, you know, a lot of that was due to hot three-point shooting from Royce O'Neal late in this game. Hit some huge threes. Another big performance from him off the bench. You know, this is the second time that he's hit, you know, six threes in the last two games. So credit Royce for just really giving them a spark offensively when they needed it because they weren't necessarily just generating a ton of great looks for the rest of the guys out there. And it seemed like Toronto was comfortable giving up those threes to Royce, even though he was scorching hot in this one, finished with 18 points, 6-12 from the field, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 1 turnover, did have 5 fouls, but finished plus 15, you know, tied for the second highest on the team. You felt his impact out there. And obviously, it's a pretty good matchup for Royce because, you know, Toronto's not a 
team that's going to kill you on the perimeter with their their quickness and their explosiveness, you know, they're going to look to kind of attack in the paint. And that allowed Royce to use some of his physicality to, you know, be a force down there and help make things difficult. Obviously did have some fouls, but overall I thought defensively, you know, had a positive impact and offensively, you know, you knock down six threes, there can't really be any complaints. And the fact is he threw in a couple really nice passes in there too. So credit him for just filling in a nice role. And I think this is one of those great Royce O'Neal games. You know, this might go down as one of his best of the season and it's when the team really needed it. And, you know, there'll be a couple more times this year where he gives you that pop off the bench or he fills in the role where, you know, one of the point guards is down and all of a sudden Royce finishes with you know nine or ten assists or you're down a big and all of a sudden Royce has ten boards you know he does a great job in trying to fill in what the team needs obviously has limitations and you know isn't an elite player by any standard but a really nice guy to have off the bench and that can have a positive impact on the game in multiple ways so credit Royce for coming up big when the team needed it and also down a couple guys you know Cam Thomas still out we got positive news on him which we'll touch on later uh, Ben Simmons Dennis Smith Jr. both still out as well so the Nets needed it, and they got it from Royce O'Neal. Moving to the starting lineup, you know, I thought Nick Claxton had a pretty impactful game in this one. Plus 20, 15 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 1 of 4 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks, 1 steal, 0 turnovers, plus 20, highest on the team. And, you know, some of it was just the difference in the impact he had in comparison to Dayron Sharp and, you know, not even the fact of, you know, the difference in, you know, their skill and their overall ability as players, but just the difference in their skill sets and what clacks provide and how his athleticism and his rim protection was such an impact in this game because of, you know, the style of play and the offensive players in which Toronto has, you know, he blocked a ton of shots, he altered a ton of shots, and he also made guys second guess driving to the paint, seeing that he was down there. And it's also also a solid matchup because there was a couple players in which Clax could kind of you know shade off of and allow him to help a little bit more because you know Jakob Pertl solid big man but he's not necessarily a huge threat even when he was you know and later in the game he wasn't feeling threatened by some of even the better Toronto players uh, Toronto Raptor players knowing he could recover and get back to his spot so overall I was really happy especially in that first half you know I thought it was like almost I don't want to say night and day but you could see the minutes in which Clax was on the floor and the impact he was providing defensively and he threw in a couple nice offensive drives in this game and did his thing you know I think we're continuing to see positive play from him and you know is going to kind of ascend up when Cam Thomas is back because that's another creator. That's another guy dra- drawing gravity and another guy that can throw uh, Nick Claxton some oops. So really excited to see those two play and really happy with Claxton's play so far this season and the defensive impact he's having. He's been awesome on the end of the floor and really is probably going to help the Nets continue to rise in terms of their defensive rating. But over to Mikel Bridges. I thought this was a solid game for Mikel. 22 points, 9 of 17 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, had 10 boards, 5 assists, did have 5 turnovers. You know, I thought a couple times he got himself caught up in the air a little bit too much against a long, lanky defense, and that's just something you can't do. You know, take the extra dribble. Make sure you're jumping in the air. You have a shot at the rim or an easy pass to make. And, you know, once or twice he did end up getting the shot. And then also, you know, he hit Daron Sharp on a nice cut in this game that ended up getting in too. But, you know, I thought... I like to see that Mikel was also impacting not just in scoring, but grabbing 10 boards, you know, landing five assists. That's pretty good stuff. I think defensively, he can still be a little bit more suffocating, but that hopefully will come when the defense just finds a little bit more rhythm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Over to Cam Johnson, you know, Jock Vaughn mentioned before the game, Cam Johnson was going to see, you know, less minutes and probably smaller stints given to the fact he's dealing with cramps two of the last three games. I uh, did finish with 18 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, did have 2 turnovers, but I really like what Cam Johnson's doing with the ball in his hands. You know, he's looking to initiate things, you know, uh, Early on this game, it was one of the first baskets. You know, he manipulated Jakob Pertl and set up clocks for an easy dunk underneath the rim. You know, those are things that he isn't necessarily doing at the end of last season. And we saw it a little bit in the playoffs too, especially off the dribble scoring. You know, there was a, in the second half of this game, he almost had like a hezy pump fake in which he got an open layup because he just threw the defense off. So, you know, heady stuff from him out there. And I really like the increased usage with the ball in his hands. And I think, you know, Jack and I talked about it a little bit in the offseason as, you know, Maybe in some of those second units, you can see him lead the show at times a little bit more and give the Nets just another another uh, chess piece, you know, another guy that you can kind of fill in and check some boxes and alleviate some of the pressure from other guys. And we've talked about it in the past, you know, there's only a few really great creators and comfortable ball handlers on this team. You know, you look at obviously Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, more so for himself, Ben Simmons to an extent when healthy and, you know, in the right situation, Lonnie Walker probably can create for himself. But after that, you know, it's a lot of kind of good ball handlers, kind of can create a little bit. You know, I think Cam Johnson falls in that area. Mikel falls in that area. You know, Royce O'Neal to an extent falls in that area. Now you have a couple of those guys and that kind of almost adds up to one. So, It'll be interesting how Vaughn meshes these different lineups and how they can really find some nice offensive grooves where they can just put a lot of pressure on defenses because they'll have guys out there that can handle, pass, and shoot, and also create a level of spacing. But, you know, that's something we'll talk about further down the line. Over Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, not 
a pretty stat line, not his best game of the season, but he does the dirty work every night and, you know, had a couple really nice defensive plays in this game, did grab nine boards in this one, finished with five points, you know, just no complaints from him. He's a guy that just, you appreciate what he does every single night for this team. Over to Spencer Dinwiddie, not Spencer's best game, but there were moments where the team truly needed him. You know, finished with 23 points, 5-18 from the field. That's not pretty. 3 of 11 from 3. A couple of just attempts that were short to the side, just off from there, but did have 10 free throws. That's huge. You know, we've talked about a lot in this podcast. Hasn't got the benefit of the doubt in terms of a lot of calls this season. So landing 10 free throws is somewhat huge for him and hopefully something we continue to see. Low-key, almost had a triple-double on this one. Nine boards for Spencer, which is a lot for him. You know, we talked about it in the past. He's a guy that doesn't necessarily like to get down there. Uh, eight assists. Did have four steals, too. You know, I will say defensively, I thought he was a little bit more aggressive and proactive defensively than we've seen in the past. Really, the major hiccup for him this game is offensive efficiency and then also looking for his own shot maybe a touch too much and kind of settling into some of the isos that the Raptors were giving him. But I felt the Raptors defensively sagged off of a lot of guys, and they were able to do that because of their athleticism and length where they can recover and kind of force you into some tough situations, you know, similar to what the Nets do at times. But, you know, again, Spencer did enough and helped the team win the game. There was moments that weren't great, but overall they needed him tonight. On to Lonnie Walker. Now, Lonnie got banged up in this one again. I want to say he was pulling at his hamstring. You know, seven points, two of six on the field, one of four from three, two of two, two of three from the free throw line, two assists, one rebound, one block, three turnovers. Not a great game from him. You know, just looked uncomfortable and wasn't able to get downhill into a lot of his good layup packages. Did have one really nice, you know, layup in this game where he contorted himself in the air and almost was facing away from the backboard and still found a way to finish. Uh, over to Dayron Sharp. Five points in this one, two of four from the field, five rebounds, two assists. You know, again, for Sharp, it's every good play, there's a bad play. And I think that's kind of him eliminating, obviously, the bad plays and continuing a level of consistency on the good plays. You know, I thought there was a couple good cuts and reads. And he's, you know, providing an impact with his hustle and energy. And you you appreciate that. I think 15 minutes is probably good. You could probably get that down maybe to 12 or 10 in the right situations, depending on how big the opposing team is. And over to Trenton Watford, actually thought this is probably one of Watford's worst games as a net. You know, two points, one to two from the field, three turnovers, you know, missed probably a couple easy passes. You know, I thought he had a couple oop opportunities and as well, you know, just look to just try to force it. You know, when there, you know, there's a perfect example in the second half where he went to drive, but he drove and spun into another Raptor and the Raptor didn't move into that double team. You know, he was there the entire time. It was just kind of some bad reads. And again, this is off of Watford coming off of maybe one of his best games of the season where I felt like he was really under control. So continuing to kind of find that consistency and balance for Watford is going to be huge. And, you know, we'll see what his, you know, role is like with his team when Ben Simmons is back in this one. But getting over to some news we got before the game, you know, this is via Eric Slater on Twitter. Jock Vaughn said Cam Thomas participate in a full scrimmage earlier today and said Cam is trending in a positive direction of being available soon. Obviously, the Nets play again on Thursday against the Hornets, who will be shorthanded now without LaMelo Ball, and then they'll be playing the Magic on Saturday. So pretty confident that we'll see Cam Thomas by the end of this week, and that's going to be huge because, you know, I think some other guys have made progress, and now getting back your best player and you know 
you're obviously your offensive engine, a guy that was just really cooking to start the year. You know, it's going to be interesting to see all those pieces interact and, you know, Cam Johnson now back, Claxton kind of back in the mix. No Ben Simmons out there. So this will be the first alliteration of this team we really get to see probably over the course of a couple weeks because there's not really much news in terms of when Ben will be back. I I mentioned, you know, probably 2024 at some point. I don't expect to see him in December. So, you know, We'll see what Vaughn rolls with with the starting lineup. I think ideally you roll with Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton. You know, if you have issues with size and rebounding. Maybe you make the early suffer, Dorian Finney-Smith. But I think it would benefit both Spencer and Cam Thomas to be out there together because it'll allow you to have another ball handler. And then, you know, maybe you sub stagger those minutes a little bit and use Lonnie Walker in those situations. As we talked about, you know, the guys that aren't necessarily full-time creators and ball handlers, but part-time. Now you have a couple part-timers out there with a full-timer that works. You just don't want to necessarily have that for extended stretches. And it'll be fun to see the, the chemistry between Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton, obviously, two of the young stars on this team we'll see what they can do together and what type of impact they can have and what's going on with those guys but uh, also Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, was interviewed during the game he mentioned you know he was able to scrimmage today we probably see him pretty soon too we'll see what his role's like with the team obviously provides energy defensive impact offensively not great um, but you know there might be some lineups to cover up those different things for him so pretty cool stuff in terms of the Cam Thomas news really excited to see him back on the court because he was just a fun exciting narrative and storyline to start the year for this team and you know also as I mentioned you know nine and eight three game winning streak take care of business against uh the hornets on thursday and then all of a sudden you're going to be facing the magic on saturday for a good game you know the magic have been one of the better teams i think they're might be on a winning streak or they were just recently on a winning streak whatever is going on with them but the nets are continuing to make progress and i think now we'll get even a better idea of what we have and what the expectations are for the rest of the season and how they should kind of look building this team you know i think it's going to be really important i think there's also a huge question with nick claxon and if he's back and you know what they do in a lot of that depends on nick claxon wanting to come back you know obviously money talks but at the same time if he's getting offered the same contract he's an unrestricted free agent and he just wants to go somewhere you know closer to home or go play with one of the previous superstars in brooklyn that could happen so there's just so many different variables and you really want to get a better idea of what's going on with this team before the trade deadline so you can make the right moves and set yourself up for success in the offseason and future seasons but plenty more time to talk about that as always big thanks for listening check the buzz on all streaming platforms